Ah, goal setting. That old nugget. Do you do it? Have you always done it? Do you find it useful or do you find it a waste of time because you don't stick to achieving the goals you decided on? Or perhaps you lose motivation. Maybe right now you feel like you are failing at trying to achieve a goal, so you feel like giving up. Or you have already given up and you have lost direction and you haven't renewed your goals. Well, I think I may have some answers for you in this, the second coaching episode for the Rural Psychologist podcast. So strap yourself in for a little listening adventure. Being human is a messy, chaotic and complicated thing. And just being in the world can be a huge and not very fun challenge if you don't know yourself. So that you can confidently contribute in a meaningful way to your own life, as well as the lives of those around you. And interact with others so that you can feel connected and fulfilled by friendships, by community and by society. Living in rural or remote areas can bring with it its own set of challenges that we sometimes need a bit of a hand with navigating. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Rural Psychologist podcast for 2024, and the second coaching episode in a 10-part series. In coaching episode number one, I got you to try an exercise that should start you on a journey to begin to know yourself better. Even if you think you already know yourself, there are always things you can be doing to practice more self-insight, more self-understanding, with self-kindness, of course. It's all too easy to be hard on ourselves and be judgmental of the things that we have or haven't done. Our human brain is wired to find the negatives, the threats in the wilderness, so we have to be vigilant about pulling ourselves to the kinder, more gentler thoughts about ourselves and others. The exercise I encouraged you to try was journaling your life story so that you could be reminded of your achievements so far, your strengths and your abilities, the hurdles you have overcome and the lessons you have learned, as well as gain some insight into the beliefs that you hold about yourself that are only that, just beliefs, and not cemented rules that you have to continue to follow if they are not serving you well. And they could be things like, Uh, I'm too shy to lead a group of people. Or, at school I wasn't good at English, so I could never write a book. These are just things you have come to believe about yourself and are not etched in stone rules that you should continue to live your life by if these are some of the things that you actually want to do. I also hope you were able to notice, if you did that exercise in episode one, and if you don't have them already, I was hoping that you would be able to notice the values you hold dear, the things in your life that hold meaning to you and guide you positively through your life. I recommend also jumping on Google and finding a list of values that you can read and tick off for yourself, as that is often a very good way to remind yourself of what is important to you and what your values are. Sometimes they're kind of hard to come up with on your own. The list generally covers values like adventure, wisdom, leadership, kindness, fitness, nature, and so on. You you have to find the ones that fit you. And I want you to do that because it's important for this coaching episode number two, where we discuss goal setting. There are so many areas of your life that you could set goals in, that you could choose to develop. How do you know which ones are the right ones to choose? 
How on earth do you make the decision that some things are just going to be a waste of time? That some things you will lose interest in? That some things you will actually fail at? And some you will succeed at beyond your wildest imagination? Ah, goals. Should you even think about them at all? Are they just for the dreamers and posers and losers who read too many self-help books and Instagram posts? Hey, I actually think self-help books and Instagram posts are great. So if you're one of those people that those things help motivate you to do things that you want in life and to make you feel good, then I am all for it. So back to goals and why we should set them. Because goals are the roadmap for your life. Without goals, you are just aimlessly wandering through your life being battered about in other people's storms. When you know yourself and know what meaningful and purposeful thing you want from your life, this is when you can flourish and really love the opportunity of being the uniquely human being that you are. If you're feeling frustrated by your goal choice or by trying to choose goals, and if you just can't seem to get on track with what you want to do with your time and energy, that feels purposeful and meaningful, then you probably need to understand a couple of things about yourself as a human being that I'm going to explain in this episode, and it might help you to understand how you should be setting goals that you will actually want to achieve, that feel really right for you and what you want from your life. So here goes. The first thing is, the goals you choose need to be your own. Now that sounds a bit weird. You're probably thinking, well, of course they're my own, I chose them. They're the goals I set for myself. But what I mean by that is that the goals you choose need to come from within you. They need to be aligned with your own values. And that's why it's important to gain a bit of an understanding about yourself before you start to set your goals and the direction you want to go in in life. You simply cannot ignore the fact that your goals need to be aligned with your own values and have meaning to you. Because when you set goals for yourself, if you're going to actually reach them, they have to align with your true self. They have to be what we call in psychology, self-concordant goals. Now, self-concordant goals are the goals that you yourself have chosen because they hold meaning and value to you. When you set self-concordant goals, you're setting the goals that you have decided on for yourself. Now, this is as opposed to goals that you have put energy and time into achieving because you think maybe your parents wanted you to achieve them or some other authority figure in your life, like a boss or a school teacher. Or perhaps you think by achieving them, it's going to get you some sort of status in life. Or that maybe society as a whole will approve of you for achieving them. Those sorts of goals, the goals you choose for external reasons, are very different from self-concordant goals. They're not the goals that you yourself have chosen from your own values. Why should you choose self-concordant goals over goals that are not your own? Well, setting goals that are aligned with your values are shown in the research, and when I say research, I mean all the psychology research, to provide more psychological well-being and flourishing for both now and particularly in the future than goals that are not self-concordant. There's big research to show that many people around the world, not just in Australia, reach their 40s and 50s, perhaps even their late 30s, feeling not so great about life. Many people reach middle age and experience a sort of crisis. Research records that depression and anxiety levels increase in this age group. 
and all sorts of mental and physical health problems like inability to sleep, increased alcoholism, memory and concentration issues. And there's some evidence to suggest that this is due to the fact that people have pursued life goals up until that point that are not congruent with their own personal values and don't have meaning to them personally. Instead, their life has been spent being lived in accordance with what a parent figure or an authority figure or a boss wanted them to achieve. And this is generally a recipe for unhappiness in later life, if not present life. So that's the first thing you need to know about goal setting. They need to come from within you and you need to set them based on what you want, not what somebody else wants or what you think society wants. The second very important thing you need to know about yourself as a human being when setting goals is this. The goal, the things that you choose for yourself, the goals that you choose to take on, need to meet your psychological needs for autonomy, competency and relatedness. So let me explain that a little bit further. There are three basic psychological needs that humans have if they want to feel like they're engaged with their goals, engaged with the tasks that they're performing. And they are the needs for autonomy, competency and relatedness. And when we have those needs met in the things that we're doing, we are much more likely to have a good sense of well-being. We are much more likely to flourish in whatever it is that we're doing and flourish in life in general. So what am I actually talking about there when I mention those three things? Have you ever experienced that feeling when you're on autopilot, when you are just not engaged with the task you are doing? You didn't get a say in how to perform it and you don't get to question how it's being done. You just have to go through the motions and get it done. Did it feel good? Did you like that feeling? Most often, the response to that is no. That is because the thing that we are doing on autopilot is not meeting our very basic human psychological need for autonomy, which is to have a sense of independence and choice and the ability to make decisions of our own free will. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you view it, we humans have great big brains, and with that, the ability to make our own decisions and choose and think for ourselves. In fact, so much so that if we are prevented from doing so, we can actually become depressed. So, autonomy. You need to choose goals and do things in life that give you a sense of autonomy if you are to flourish. The second thing that I mentioned was competency, and that is the need to feel like we're capable and able to gain skills and build on knowledge, that we are growing and developing and learning, and that with effort we can achieve a good level of skill or acquire a good level of knowledge around a particular thing that we're putting effort into. When we are continually failing at something, or we are beating our head on a brick wall trying to learn something or do something well, and we don't seem to be making any progress, it can be really unmotivating. After a while, we simply feel like we can't go on. Now, a bit of a side note here. This isn't an excuse just to give up when things get tough. In every learning process, there is a base camp which is hard to get to, and then there's the peak of the mountain which is even harder to get to. But if you don't grit your teeth, pin your ears back and really give it some oomph, then you won't achieve anything. But that's another episode on persistence. And the third one is relatedness. That is, being human, we like to feel connected in some way to others. We need to feel that what we are doing with our lives connects us with the people around us and that we belong 
and that we matter to others. That's not to say we have to do things with people all of the time. Some of us don't actually enjoy that. We can be doing things by ourselves, like tractor driving or writing a novel. As long as we are secure in knowing that others care about us and care about what we are doing, we are happy to do things alone. So, these three basic psychological needs are really important to ensuring our continued motivation when we're setting our goals or when we're actually doing the task, doing the work, even choosing goals for our hobbies and our pastimes. It doesn't have to be all work and no play. So so you can also take from this that if we have to set ourselves a goal and we find that we are not achieving it because we've lost motivation, say, for example, it might be because it doesn't give us any sense of that intrinsic or internalised rewards of autonomy, competency or relatedness. But I can hear you thinking there's some things in life that we just have to do. For example, we may not have a choice about the job we we're doing. We just have to put food on the table. So the good news there is that you're actually able to craft the job so that you can get it to meet your needs. So for example, autonomy. If your job isn't rewarding you with that sense of um, ownership over what you're doing and being able to make decisions, then maybe talk to your boss about what you can do to be able to make more decisions in the work that you do. Or to be able to contribute more of your ideas and your skills and your knowledge to the things that you're doing in your workplace. Maybe you can gain more competency by getting some training or learning a new skill that you really enjoy. And maybe if relatedness is a problem, if you're feeling like you don't belong at work or you're not connecting with your colleagues, then you need to think outside the box a little bit and work out how you might be able to connect better with them. Is there something you can do to improve your communication skills? Is there some way you can connect with them outside of work to build that friendship and understanding? So you can actually build into the job ways and means to meet your psychological needs. So all is not lost. So in 2024, what sort of goals should you be setting yourself so that you can lead a life that is filled with meaning and purpose? and which ultimately helps you to feel really great about yourself and to flourish. Well, now that you are armed with the knowledge that you need to make sure of a couple of things before you set your goals, that is, you need to make sure you're setting goals from your own choice, your own volition, and not because it would please some external force, and you need to meet one or all of the psychological needs of autonomy, competency, or relatedness, then what are the goals you are going to set for yourself this year. I've written up a little list of the do's and don'ts. Here goes. I'm going to do the do's first. Do set goals that you have thought through carefully. And I think you can see why now. You know, we talk so much about setting goals, it seems like it's just an easy task. It sort of feels like we're supposed to sit down, jot down a few goals and then just get on with life. But it doesn't really work like that. We have to take quite a bit of time to really think hard about what we want to do with the one precious life we have. I think starting by envisaging yourself as an elderly person, 80, 90, 100, however long you plan to live, envisage yourself sitting in your rocking chair and thinking about the life that you led, what you accomplished, what you're really proud of and satisfied with, with regard to how you led your life. That will give you a good starting point as to how you want to lead your life and therefore what goals you need to set yourself along the way. 
do pause to take stock of what goals you achieved in the previous year and note the things that you're proud of. Maybe note the things you could have done better. Note what you'd like to carry into the next year and what you'd like to leave far behind. Do set goals that you can clearly articulate. They can't be vague. Do set goals that have a timeline. This gives you a little bit of an idea as to how you're going achieving them. And if you're procrastinating around a goal, then you can be pretty sure it's not meeting one of your psychological needs of relatedness, autonomy or competence, or it's not a goal that you chose for yourself from your own set of values. Do set goals that you decided on because they align with your values and because they meet your very basic human needs of autonomy, competence and relatedness. Do set goals that you want to achieve for the inherent joy and pleasure you will gain from the process. That's right, you can actually have goals for the pure joy of it, for the pure joy of doing that thing. Do start your goal-setting process by thinking really big and stretching your mind out to the outer reaches of the universe to work out what you really want to achieve. Without boundaries, what would you want from your life? Do acknowledge your mindset when you are on the task of achieving your goal. Are you being a positive coach for yourself as you go along the journey to achieving your goals? It's really important to notice how you show up for yourself and it's really important to show up in a positive, meaningful, energetic way. Make sure that you have the mindset of persistence and positivity. Ensure that you're coaching yourself to push through the hard times. Don't give up easily. If it's something that you really want, if you've made sure that it's a goal that meets your values and meets your psychological needs and it's something that you really want, then don't give up easily. Do keep your goals to yourself. This is an interesting one. There is a bit of research around, and I know it's quite popular, to say, put your goals out there, throw them out to the universe, manifestation and all those sorts of things. I'm a little bit of a believer that you should keep your goals to yourself, or at least pick and choose who you tell what you want to achieve, who you nobody knows your journey and all of the skills and knowledge that you've picked up along the way. So it's only really you who knows whether or not you can achieve the goal and whether you really want to achieve that goal. So putting it out to other people can kind of drain the energy out of it and you may end up with a few naysayers, which can make the journey a lot harder than it needs to be. Okay, the don'ts. The don'ts of goal setting. Don't set goals that conflict with other goals that you have. This is particularly noticeable in people who like to have a number of projects on the go at once. Sometimes it's better to simply focus on a few goals and achieve those before moving on to other things that you want to do. Personally, pairing my goals back and making sure that they're really clean and sharp and they're the exact ones that I want to, want to achieve and are really meaningful to me is something that I'm really aiming for this year because I'm pretty good at having too many goals. Don't set goals that are unachievable. If you're not realistic about your goals, you can wind up feeling pretty defeated and unmotivated to do anything at all. Now, I want to clarify that a little bit further. That is not to say that you shouldn't dream big. I want you to dream big. If you had all the resources in the world, if you had all the time in the world, what is it that you would want to achieve? It's just about setting the goals that are achievable and making sure that you understand that achieving that one big picture goal takes a lot of little goals on the way. So you've got to kind of slow things down and make sure that you've set your smaller, shorter term goals on the way to achieving that big major goal. 
And we've spoken about this one. Don't let naysayers crush your goals. So that means you have to work out which goals to kind of keep to yourself and which people get to hear about the goals you want to talk about. In other words, choose carefully who you confide in. Well, that brings us to the end of coaching episode number two for the Rural Psychologist podcast. I hope you're able to set some really wonderful goals for yourself this year and going forward over the next 5, 10, 50 years. And I hope they clearly align with your values and who you are and they meet your motivational needs of autonomy, competency and relatedness. And if you do want to let me know what some of your goals are, I'd absolutely love to hear them. If you would like me to read some of them out to our listeners to give some people inspiration, I'd love to do that too. So just let me know by emailing me or messaging me on my Instagram at the Rural Psychologist. I'd love to hear from you. So take care. Happy New Year. And I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. And don't forget to tune in. We have some very special guest interviews coming up. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Rural Psychologist podcast. On this podcast, you'll hear from me, Chantal Korish, the Rural Psychologist, about all things mental health and well-being in rural, regional and remote Australia. Each episode, I aim to make either a therapeutic listening experience for you, where you can sit back on your comfiest couch with me in your ears, or go for a walk, as I like to do, do the housework or fix the tractor tyre, and enjoy a coaching session to take care of your mental health and well-being. Or listen as I chat about one of the hundreds of interesting books I've read from psychology experts or people in the field of mental health that I think had some really useful mental health and well-being tips and tricks. On every couple of episodes, I'll interview a guest who's either a lived experience expert or a professional in the mental health space and who's keeping abreast of the cutting-edge psychology research. Also, Look out for the Nuts and Bolts Toolbox Talks for Rural Workplaces episodes, which will provide tips and tricks for employers and employees on how to build and maintain positive working relationships. Also, how to stay motivated and focused at work, reduce stress and not burn out, and all sorts of other topics to make sure going to work is a pleasant and rewarding experience in rural workplaces. If you have any suggestions or you would like me to answer a burning mental health and well-being query you may have, or you think you might make a great podcast guest, or even if you would like to sponsor the podcast, please get in touch with me via my email, chantal at corishfarms.com.au, or my Instagram, which is the handle at the rural psychologist, all one word, no underscores. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for taking the time to hear what this podcast has to offer. And I look forward to you joining me on an interesting, rewarding and even therapeutic listening journey over the months and years to come. See you in your ears soon.